The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTalkPod. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Big Joe and Carl Carafel. All right, guys, Mighty Joe Morin here on Turnbuckle Talk, episode 193. Uh, due to some technical difficulties before we get on here, uh, we are uh, without Carl Carafel this week, but thankfully, I have uh, I had a third person lined up, Mr. Ryan K. Bowen from Sports Kita. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, man, how's it going? It's going. It's been uh, a pretty um, busy kind of uh, past week for me. Uh, for, for those who pay attention to my personal Facebook, uh, I did a little technology podcast with Mr. Stevie Richards, talked about uh, some new Apple products, had some fun doing that episode, and uh, you might be seeing uh, more of that coming soon, hopefully. Uh, but we are here to talk some professional wrestling uh, today and uh, some interesting stuff going on in the professional wrestling business here, Ryan. And I'm going to pull up uh, the graphic here because uh, it all kind of started with this one person. And it seems like it's uh, things have really taken off here. And uh, we are talking about Miss, Mrs. Zelina Vega. And a really interesting thing happened. She uh, basically posted on social media that she supported unionization, which is a topic that we've discussed at length on this podcast. But I think we're really going to kind of delve into it this week. And I would say within 15 minutes of that post being put up, she was let go by the company. Um, now, the, the post was done kind of in a positive way. You know, they said that, you know, they wish her well in her future endeavors. Um, some people are saying that this isn't connected at all, but I mean, the timing is really, really suspicious, right? What's your, just your general take on the, on this throughout the hop before we get into the details? Well, I think the term unionization is a hot button topic mm-hmm. in pro wrestling right now. It is. And, and I, and I think that any performer, especially somebody that works for WWE is, is subject to getting a little bit of heat if they bring up the topic. But the truth is, unionization is going to happen in pro wrestling. Whether anybody believes that or not, it's going to happen. Well, it's interesting, you know, just even just outside of professional wrestling, when you get into workplaces that are non-unionized, a lot of times, I mean, even if the, the word is uttered, um, you know, the, the hammer can kind of come down. And it, that just, that, that feels like that's kind of what is happening here. And she's kind of uh, the victim and. and Unfortunately, it looks like her husband, Mr. Alistair Black, may be kind of caught in the backlash as well, which is kind of unfortunate here, too. Well, I mean, there's a lot of pro wrestlers in the past that have had agents, like someone as prominent as like Barry Bloom is mm-hmm. has always been out there that he's negotiated big contracts for pro wrestlers. 
but there's never been a widespread cause, I guess, for, for lack of a better term, um, where pro wrestlers all decided they were going to unionize together. And, and I think we're moving more towards that point now. I mean, I, I don't know, Joe, what do you think? I, I, I think that a lot of the younger people in the wrestling business who, um, I don't know how to say this. They're not the biggest stars on the card. Yep. They, they've now decided that, no, we're not going to take this anymore. We're not going to, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the twisted sister song. We're not going to take it anymore. And I think point. that, you know, they, they have finally gotten to the point that they've said, maybe we should all gather together and unionize. And I, and I think that's eventually where the business is going to happen. I think it kind of has to, I mean, you know, even just recently, slightly unrelated, but I mean, could potentially be, I mean, Chelsea Green um, injured on uh, on the main roster. And I mean, it doesn't look like it'll be a, a career threatening injury, but I mean, if it were something to be well, kind of along those lines, you know, potentially, you know, her, her livelihood is at, is at risk, you know, and nothing to fall back onto. Well, I mean, she may have kind of a side gig going on. I don't really know. But, I mean, it's professional wrestling is one of these businesses where, I mean, as long as you're working and everything is good, things are good. But then if the, the bottom falls out, you know, then you you better have yourself a contingency plan. Otherwise, you're kind of effed, for lack of a better term. Well, and I think the other side of it is that, you know, health care is the biggest concern. That's I the big one. People in the wrestling business where if you do break your neck at some point, you can never wrestle again you should be able to have some sort of healthcare plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that that's, you know, I think that's something that anybody that works that hard, that gets to that level should have that. They should have that right. It's not, it's not even a, it's not a privilege. It's a right. In my opinion. For me, the, the, the idea of the wrestling unionization, you know, the only kind of hitch or, or problem that I could kind of see here is figuring out there. I think there had to be some kind of tiered kind of system. Cause I mean, obviously not all these wrestling companies and you know, they're not all on the same level. And I think that that's the only kind of hitcher is we're going to have to figure out how we're going to go about this. It's not like everybody's going to be able to get paid the same. So these companies just can't dish it out. So I think that's something that would have to get worked out. I mean, cause we're not going to be able to be on an even playing ground whatsoever, but I mean, just to kind of like a, like a basic, uh, you know your basic rights, but then I mean, uh, just depending on where you're at, um, it's it's, it's going to be a little tough to implement. And I mean, I really want to see it happen because I think that they do um, deserve, or they've earned this right to you know be able to protect themselves. But just it, it, yeah, it's a touchy issue in, in the business. I know. But it's, it's, it's frankly, it's time um, because I mean, there's some of these talents that are getting, I'm not saying that that's the, the case here, but I mean, some are, you know, not being used properly or they, you know, they get mistreated. And then that, that's just one of the issues that we're dealing with here. I think, I think that pro wrestling would have to model their unionization a lot like SAG, you know, the Screen Actors Guild, mm-hmm. where these actors, certain actors who have, big time royalties coming in they have more rights than some uh, you know some of the people that aren't aren't so much and no offense to them but they aren't as well known you know i'm sure the rock probably gets more benefits from sag than most actors do yeah but you know and i think that's probably the way wrestling will have to go 
I, I, don't you think that's the route they'll have to go? I think so. And it's interesting you brought that up because I already had the, the graphic kind of queued up. Um, I mean, we, I, you know, I've recorded enough now. We can almost kind of read each other's minds. It's like you knew that was kind of <laughs> coming. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting because uh, they actually reached out to uh, Zelina Vega and uh, said that, you know, they might try and kind of make something happen. I think that's the right route. And you had mentioned uh, The Rock and, and Cena and these guys that are already kind of, uh, you know, in the Screen Actors Guild. I mean, they could be people too that could kind of facilitate that to happen as well right it's it would be interesting to, to see what uh, will come of it because i think that's definitely the right route to go because a lot of these guys and girls do a lot of movies and television as well so i think this is the right channel and the right route to go in. yeah i would totally agree with that i i think that at, at the end of the day that you know something like sag is the only model that pro wrestling could follow because as you said you can't really put into terms what somebody's value is. You can't say, well, this guy worked in the Indies and he's worth this amount of dollars. You can based on how much they draw, how much money they draw. Mm -hmm. And someone like a John Cena or somebody like Batista, they would draw way more money from their union card, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Um, You know, than, than somebody that was just there for a cup of coffee true now another question that i've had with this too ryan because i mean it's something that's been talked about for a while why hasn't this happened over you know just the, the course of, of uh, the history of professional wrestling why hasn't this happened in, in the past well what's been kind of uh, keeping this from happening well i think a lot of people just sort of laugh it off i i, I think one of the biggest reasons is because of vince mcmahon mm-hmm. because he's had a stranglehold on the business for so long now yeah. that there are people that think you can't you know and you know, it, anybody that wants to ask a question about suing WWE hmm. called Jerry McDevitt. Yeah. You know, and they, their legal team is really, really good. And they've shot down a lot of wrestlers for, you know, I guess, I don't know how to say it. Their ascension that WWE is a, is a monopoly. Right. Which it is. I mean, let's be honest. It is. But you know, the truth is that every time that a wrestler takes them to court, they get beat. So anybody that talks about forming a, a, a union against a monopoly, they get laughed at. They literally get laughed at. And, and that's something that I could see being a roadblock into this process is Vince is going to definitely be the one to kind of uh, be there to, to stop this, I think. And, and that would be really unfortunate. Um, I mean, is there any way to, to kind of get around this? That, that's been the big question in my mind is like, how do we get around Vince or how do we convince Vince to kind of play along with this? And, uh, I just don't know if the old man's going to go for it, uh, right? No, I don't think, I don't think he's going to go for it. What yeah. I think will happen is eventually, and you've seen, there have been a lot of liberal politicians now that have called for a unionization of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where it's going to happen. It's going to happen politically. It's not going to happen because of Vince. Vince doesn't care. No. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, he, his job is to make as much money as he can. And, and you know, it's going to happen through politics or some kind of legislation uh, that's going to have to happen to mm-hmm. kind of break the monopoly. That's it. I mean, antitrust laws are basically what's going to have to happen. And it could just be the talent all grouping together and just being, you know what, 
you know, enough is enough. I mean, could could that be enough to to swing the balance there? I don't know. It, it's uh, it's not like um, all these companies are going to be all the talent from all these companies are going to get together and just say, hey, you know what, we want to form a union. I don't think it's going to necessarily happen that way. But uh, I, regardless of how it happens, it really does need to happen. I think it's time, and you know, given the, the landscape of things now too, you know, we're working sometimes in a bit of a dangerous work environment, and we're risking getting infected and stuff like that. I mean, that just, it's, uh, we're living in dangerous times. I think it's enough time has passed now that, that this needs to happen for everybody. Well, and the, the Zelina Vega thing is just really like almost disgusting the mm-hmm. way that it went down. It, it's just, it really, it came down to a point where it was a company saying, you know what? You said the word union, so we're going to fire your ass. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it came down to. And like, I, that's just, the way it happened was just almost weird. You mm-hmm. know, like I can't believe you're that obnoxious. That petty. You, yeah. Petty. Petty is a great word to use. Yeah. And it just, it just was really one of those things where it's, and, and it goes along the whole thing where they're trying to c- control people's social media mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, at some point you have to stand up for yourself. And, and that's yeah. what I think a lot of WWE performers need to do now. The, the argument that I've heard on the other side of this for, for the reason for her being let go is supposedly to do with this uh, this Twitch business that supposedly, you know, she's going against that part of the policy um, of, of where she where the, these talents can't deal with these third parties, which, again, I, I think is, is really petty as well. Um, but I mean, we've discussed that before. Um, supposedly, people are trying to tell me that that's the reason why she was let go is that she's doing this Twitch thing and not following the procedures there. But, I mean, Ryan, I mean, just the, the, the time is just incredible. I mean, she she said the word unionization, and then I mean, within half an hour or less, that statement was yeah. put out on the on the WWE side. I mean, that's awfully suspicious. If it's for the other reason, I mean, then, then they should have. It's it's ugly. I mean, it just it makes them look bad once again. Once again, it makes them look bad. Well, and again, <clears throat> why would they be? I don't understand the whole obsession with controlling people's social media. Mm-hmm. That's just so dumb to me, anyway. And the fact that she said, I'm not going to, you know, and she's not the only one. Paige has been very outspoken about some of these things. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, come on. At some point, you don't own these people. No. They're not slaves. You know, you you, <laughs> you kind of got to give in and say, hey, our talent is still, you know, what what's the word they always use? In their independent contractors. Oh, that's it. That's yeah. it. Which they're not. When you work for the WWE, you are not independent. I don't care what, what anybody tells me. I don't care if it's one of these people working for WWE themselves. If they if they've gotten to the point where they believe that that's the case, I mean, you are. If you work for the WWE, you are not an independent talent. You are just a cog in the machine with this big company. No, I I would totally agree with that. That's it's the biggest misnomer there is in pro sports right yeah. now. Honestly, there there are, there is no NFL athlete. No. They get paid $7 million a year right. that can't run their own social media. That's true. There is no Major League Baseball player who can't run their own social media. But if you sign with WWE, <laughs> they control you. They own you? Yep. Are you kidding me? Yep. That's stupid. That's yep. just dumb. And just considering, you know, that they have to pay for a good portion of uh, of what they're doing by themselves. I mean, just it's... It, it just it it does not it doesn't compute. There's just there's there's something uh, funky going on there. I mean, this has been going on for years. This isn't something new. And it goes back to the uh, and I keep going back to the NFL example. 
if an NFL player gets hurt on the field, guess who takes care of him? The team doctor. Yep. And and if he needs, you know, a shot in the arm or he needs a shot in the ass, whatever, the team doctor gives it to him. Mm-hmm. In WWE, you're kind of on your own. And that's the truth. I mean, yeah. all the traveling, all the expenses that go along with it, all the times you have to spend in a weight room, they don't pay for that. No. no. And, you know, that's that's why unionization is something that should happen in pro wrestling, especially at the highest level. I'm not saying that every indie company no. should, you know, should have to pay union dues or whatever. But people like WWE and AEW, yeah, they should. They definitely should. I would definitely agree. Going, going along these same lines here, Ryan, um, we're looking at the end of live shows. I think this has been kind of talked about uh, for a little while now, but these uh, these house shows are going to come to an end. And, um, I mean, clearly, I think on the WWE side of things, given the, the places where they do these shows, I think it's the smart move for the time being. But, I mean, they're talking like they're never going to come back at all. And I, I think making that statement is maybe kind of overplaying a little bit. Well, I'll, I'll say this, and I mean, I, I aside from the NFL, there is no live sport right now that's no. much fun watching. Because when you don't have that crowd reaction, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard to watch them and be into it. And, you know, I mean, I can probably, you know, I know they pipe in noise and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the shows now, do you are you really as into them as you were when there were 20,000 people? When it comes to North American wrestling, I would say definitely not. Uh, over in Japan, uh, where I, I watch the bulk of my wrestling now, you know they have a good, decent number of fans there. Um, you know we have kind of that atmosphere again. I mean, there, there's certain conditions that kind of go along. You know, they don't want people cheering and booing, which I mean they never really did in, in uh, over in Japan, anyways. But, uh, but yeah, it's a completely different feel when you have people live in there in the arena reacting to what's going on. Um, yeah, these live events, I mean, and the other issue with having these live events as well, I mean, we've maybe not seen it so much recently because of what's going on, but injuries tend to happen through these shows as well. And uh, I think that's something that, I don't know, it's tough. Are they, I agree right now they need to obviously not do them, but you know, once we get back to normal, whatever that is and whenever that may happen, um, I, I think you still need to do this to a certain extent, though. I don't think you can completely get rid of the uh, the house show or the live event or whatever you want to call it. Well, I, I would just, again, throw it back to you. Can you watch an event now and be as into it as you were when it was, you know, 10,000 people no. screaming and hollering? It's it just right now. It's just it's not a fun product to watch. But that's not their fault. No. That's the other thing that I always say to everybody. It's not WWE's fault or AEW's fault. It's COVID's fault. That's, you know, and, and there's nothing they can do about that. You know, and that situation doesn't look like it's getting better. It could potentially get worse. I'm not sure what it's like down where you are uh, down in uh, Illinois, Ryan. But, I mean, uh, here in uh, in Ontario and Canada, I mean, we're looking at t- potentially our entire province getting shut down again, you know, with the exception of, you know, essential services. So, I mean, this issue isn't going anywhere anytime soon, seemingly. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I will go back to that. That's one thing that I will not blame WWE for. No. They can't help the fact that, no. you know, you can't have live events with a bunch of people who might potentially be sick with COVID if you hold that live event. And local laws and things like that all come into play. But, you know, it, it is very, as a fan, I will say this, 
it's it's my fault that it's hard for me to watch. Yeah, you know, and that's not that's not again not me blaming them for that. It's me saying I guess it's I have a short attention span or something. <laughs> but but, but you know, it's like it you want that you still want that environment you still want that vibe yeah. that it gives when you have that live crowd and you just don't get it anymore. Yeah, it, it's 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 a tough deal, man. And um, you know, I miss being live in person watching shows, and it's just it's it doesn't look like it's going to be something that's going to happen for a long time. Unfortunately, uh, I miss it. You know, and uh, you know, there's I some places that uh, that still kind of pull off the quote unquote empty arena show kind of well. I mean, I still enjoy watching OVW, but uh, and then obviously New Japan and and some of these other some of these other promotions, but I mean, the, the, the two big ones, I think still just really, really suffer from not having an audience. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to do what they can with what they have, but man, it, it's tough. You know, even AEW, it's, it's, it's tough without an audience because I mean, just because the, they, they try and cater to that audience so much before this all started happening. And then now that th- those people are gone, just, it's, um, it's a weird dynamic, especially with them. I find you know, I think the the one that suffered the most so far has been AEW because yeah. their crowd was so rabid. They were yes. so in love with that product. And even though it might be 5,000 people or 7,000 people, they would chant like crazy mm-hmm. at those shows. And now when you watch an AEW show, you're like, oh, my God, this is it's it seems so quiet. Yeah. And it it just really I think that product has suffered the worst from this COVID disaster that we've had because I think AEW had so much momentum and they had such a great live audience. And then when all this stuff happened, they, you know, they kind of lost momentum from that. Thankfully they have the deal with TNT and the association with the Khan family. Otherwise I think they likely possibly could have been in some serious trouble, right? And in the WWE side of things, you know, thankfully, you know, they have that billion dollar deal with Fox. I mean, otherwise who knows where they could be at as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, to me, the SmackDown deal with Fox is what's going to save WWE in yeah. the long run. In the long run. Yep, that's just, that's just, that's just the, the, the way it is. Um, next thing I want to kind of talk about here, dealing with a little bit more with, uh, with WWE and the Thunderdome, it looks like they, it's, I guess the deal is coming up to where they're going to be done of where, where they're at and they got to go somewhere else. Um <laughs> I think that for now, I think that they have to try and just stick in this one place. Uh, like I said, you know, the, this pandemic isn't getting better. It's getting worse. I think we need to, to kind of keep it isolated to kind of one area. You're airing, airing it on television. It doesn't really matter where you're going to be. You already have this facility. You have things set up the way you want to just, just stay there. That, that's my advice. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Can they run shows in, in uh, Connecticut? I don't think Stanford? so. I don't, th- I, don't know. I don't even think that they can. So where do they go then? If they if they right. actually get shut down down there, then what what do they do? Yeah, that, that that's that's kind of the big unknown. So it all depends on how bad this pandemic gets, and if we go through more significant. I mean, like shutdown, shutdown. Like the last time, I, again, I'm not sure exactly what it was like down in your area, but I mean here when we were quote unquote shut down. 
there was still a lot of stuff that were open. You know, obviously grocery stores and hospitals had to stay open, but you know, their hardware stores and restaurants were still kind of open to a certain extent. And I remember seeing the list. I'm like, okay, so we're shut down. What's actually shut down here, guys? I mean, there's still a lot of things that are kind of open. And I thought maybe then, you know, if we would have uh, really kind of clamped down more earlier on, we would have been in a better spot now. But I mean, now it's like we're we got another shutdown kind of looming, and it's. <laughs> I think it's too little too late. I mean, these cases and deaths are kind of ramping up now. So it's a dangerous spot to be in. It definitely is. And, you know, down our way, I, all I can say is that at one point it was restaurants. Not, not, no, I'm sorry, not restaurants. Grocery stores and gas stations. That yeah, was it. That was it. You know, and, and, and that, that became like almost to the point that you couldn't go in without a mask on. Yeah. So how do you, how do you run a live event in any sport, not just pro wrestling, but in any sport mm-hmm. where you have to somehow find a way to jam a bunch of people into a building. That's just not going to happen in any time in the near future. Yeah. And I mean, even here, they, I remember on our previous shutdown, I'm not saying initially this other one's going to happen. Otherwise, I mean, it does kind of look like we're going in that direction, but I mean, they even kept, liquor stores open and I'm like, okay, you know, that's not really an essential service. I know some people might consider it, um, essential having that, but I mean, just, it's, uh, I think this time I think, and, but the, the I think that's cigarettes, dude. Yes, that too, that too. But, um, I mean, this time I think if, you know, if we were to clamp down even worse than we did the first time, even just outside professional wrestling here, Ryan, I mean, these lower to mid businesses just aren't going to survive another shutdown like this, Ryan. It's going to be devastating if that happens. I think people are going to be climbing the walls. That's that's the thing. Like, I just brought up cigarettes, and I know <laughs> I, I made a joke about that. But, you know, the reason gas stations and liquor stores stayed open was because if people are going to be home all the time, yeah. they're going to smoke. You know what I mean? That's just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just telling you, someone who lives with a cigarette smoker, <laughs> you know, they're going to they're gonna smoke. Yep. And, you know, and that's that's the biggest the craziest part of it is like, it's not even so much about, Hey, can you, can the pro wrestling business survive? How does industry survive at that any point? Industry, you know? Any industry. Yeah. It, it's tough, man. It's, I know that. Yeah. Just, uh, especially smaller family run businesses. I just don't think that they can handle another shutdown. I really don't want to happen. I mean, and, and, and going over to the wrestling aspect, I mean, even uh, friends like our friends in C- CWE, uh, Kim Arlup down with, in uh, Florida with Ignite Wrestling, uh, you know, they need, we, they need things to kind of get back to normal again, but just it's, man, it just, it doesn't feel like it's on the horizon for the time being. And I'm, I'm worried um, for our friends when it comes to that. Yeah, and again, I don't, I don't want to downplay the aspect, the pro wrestling aspect of it, but I, it, pro wrestling is, they, it's an illustration of the world, you know, in yeah. any industry that it is small, and let's be honest, most of our friends in pro wrestling, they're running small companies, they're trying to yep. do the best they can every couple of weeks or every month or whatever, and you know, when that goes away, <laughs> what happens? You know, what do they do? And and it's really, it's become a, it's not just a health crisis in this country because it is. I mean, let's sure. be honest, it is. But at the same time, it's a health, it's a health crisis. It's a business crisis. It's a pro wrestling crisis all the way around. I mean, it's yeah. affected all of us. And it's, it's crazy how this thing's gone just out of control. <laughs> 
And, you know, and especially down in the, in the U.S. where you are, Ryan, I mean, with everything going on politically and everything, I mean, more now, now more than ever, I mean, people need a distraction away from kind of what's going on in the real world. And just we're not able to fully provide it for people when it comes to professional wrestling. You know, we can't get people out to these shows and it's, it's a damn shame. And you just brought up, you know, our friend Kim Artlip down in yeah. Florida. Well, I mean, Florida is just a hotbed. Oh, it's a mess. Yeah. And you think. How do you get people to come out and watch your show? <laughs> you can't because yeah. they're scared, and uh, there's nothing wrong with them being scared. There's nothing wrong with them thinking maybe I shouldn't go to a wrestling show tonight because I might get sick, I might get COVID. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, we've never dealt with anything like this before. No, and it's. I'm, I'm still not really. It, it's like it's it's surreal, you know. I'm I, Every time I have to go, I have to put one of these freaking things on. I never, never in my life thought that, yeah. you know, every time I have to step out the door, uh, I got to put one of these things on my face. I just, I never thought I would see that day, Ryan. I swear to God, I just walked into the supermarket the other day and I realized I didn't have my mask on. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I had to do the, you know, the U-turn. The walk of shame. Yeah. Like, oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, you know, but it's just. It's the reality we live in now. And the other thing too that that ticks me off with these things too, especially these disposable ones, around especially around where I am, the litter issue. I mean, there are used disposable masks all over the ground, all over the place. People, this is this has nothing to do with professional wrestling. When you're done with your mask, these disposable ones, or whether it be one of these ones, don't just throw it on the ground. Throw it back in your pocket or something, or throw it in the garbage. Don't just throw it on the ground, people. I mean, this is just common. This is child's play. Well, and it's become, that's, again, another part of this crisis. It's like, that that's the, the other thing. It's its become, what do you do with your mask? Yeah. Um, or you have to deal with the people who won't, they refuse to wear a mask. It's my right to not have to wear a mask. Yeah. You know, all bullshit. <laughs> you know, but it's, <laughs> it, it kind of just comes to a point where you're like, I, again, I don't have an answer. I no. don't have an answer for it. It's, it's again, one of the one of the biggest crises I've ever seen in my life. For sure. All right, man, let us take a bit of a brief break here and let us hear from our friends over at CollarNoblebrand.com. Fall is in the air. That means pumpkin spice lattes. That means pumpkin spice everything. Ugg boots, yoga pants. God, I hope I can fit into mine this season. Scarves and baseball teams. Hoodie! Not yet, but soon. The metal team. No need for any cease and desist here. And hats. Stop by collarandelbowbrand.com today and get your fall drop immediately. It's fall, y'all. Collar and elbowbrand.com You'll be the coolest person in Starbucks whether you're wearing yoga pants and Ugg boots or not. In fact, I like to go to Starbucks without the bottoms on all the time and just wear my collar and elbow brand type shirts. I immediately get my coffee and go. <laughs> all right, uh, Mighty Joe and uh, Ryan K. Bowen back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Still trying to picture um, Al no, Snow in yoga I'm... pants in Starbucks. I don't, I don't know if I could wrap my head around that idea, Ryan. You know what? I'm laughing at the commercial right now. Oh, uh, it's gold, right? It's gold. 
Um, and, and as it shows in the ticker down below there, um, of course, we are sponsored by Collar, uh, Collar and ElbowBrand.com. If you use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, you can get 10% off your entire order. That is a pretty good deal. And uh, they have tons of good uh, merchandise over there, so make sure and check That's that out. That's a great out. commercial. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, it really, really is. All right. So let us see here. Get things queued up. Okay. Let's do some breaking news. All right, let's see if we actually have any breaking news. And I, I guess probably one of the main ones that I kind of want to bring up here is that it appears as though, well, this is WWE-related, by the way, that uh, Mr. Seth Rollins may be stepping away from television for a little while. Um, I mean, obviously this has something probably to do with uh, Becky being pregnant, I would assume. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, your kid's getting ready to be born, so yep. you probably want to go home and raise the kid. Yeah, for sure, right? So, um yeah, but it's the kind of thing where I think uh, it's always interesting to see how fans react to, to this kind of thing. And they're like, oh, good that he's gone. It's like, I get you may or may not like the character, but I mean, the guy's still a human being after all. I mean, his wife, girlfriend, significant other, whatever you want to call her, is pregnant. And they're going to have a child. You know, the guy needs some time off. Just, just let him be a person. Come on, people. Like, you know. Oh, I don't I don't have any problems with Seth as a person. I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know have any will towards him but mm-hmm. would you agree that his character has sort of staled over the last year or so like at one time he was the hottest baby face yeah raw and then for some reason and i don't know why it just seemed like out of the blue he just sort of went bad it was an like odd that. turn it was an odd turn and that is in being a heel i mean yeah. bad like like all of a sudden people just didn't like seeing him anymore on television yeah man it's almost like we see just see him a little too much but this monday night messiah character i think had some kind of potential but just it doesn't feel like they they get something that's a good idea but they don't quite go far enough with it they don't go quite over the top like it's they get to a point where they want to push 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 but then they they just hold back right when you're on the cusp of something cool because they don't want to push too far because again you know, when we go to these shows, uh, I'm somewhat kind of paraphrasing something that uh, that um, that uh, Bubba Ray Dudley actually said recently on a bust, busted open radio show that people don't come to see the stars of their personalities, where they come to see the WWE. It's all about the brand now. Um, yeah. And so with these kind of characters, they just they they can't really push them up that high just in case if something bad happens, then they can ditch the idea and just move on to the next thing. And uh, th- that's in itself is kind of a, a greater issue going on, uh, especially inside that company. Well, I'd agree with that too. And, you know, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, anybody that you've seen in that company, it's like they get to a certain point and then the, the company, the powers that be, so to speak, decide this person, they're getting to be too big of a star. So yeah. we're going to kind of hit them a little bit. You know, we're going to take their legs out from them a little bit. And I think that happened with Rollins. I think that happened with Roman Reigns several times. I think it happened (laughs) with Roman Reigns. And, you know, unfortunately, as you said, it becomes now it's more about people coming out to see the WWE, not Seth Rollins or not Roman Reigns or not whoever, whoever's supposed to be their next big star. They don't want that star to be bigger than the WWE star. That's right. I mean, since... 
Hogan and Cena and these guys. I mean, just their, you know, we discussed this on a previous episode. There just hasn't really been a big megastar to kind of come along simply for the fact that they just, frankly, as a company, can't because they, they do so much that if this person gets injured, then, then what do you do? You know, you got to start right from scratch again. So um, I, I understand. I, also, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's but, fine. But, no, I, I think it's also the other part of it is we don't want somebody to become so valuable mm-hmm. that we have to pay them a lot of money. Yeah, for and, sure. you know, that happened with Austin. That happened with Brock. That happened with a lot of guys. Hogan, you know, you, you name it. Mm-hmm. All their big stars were a, they had value to go somewhere else. So when that guy gets to be so big, well, then he's bigger than WWE. <laughs> For and sure. they don't want anybody to be bigger than WWE. <laughs> well, speaking of valuable, or in this person's particular case, maybe not so valuable, I want to take a second to talk about our favorite female wrestler, Miss Nia Jax. Um, <laughs> she is injuring people again here, Ryan. Uh, this is becoming a problem, and it has been a problem for a while, but uh, what do you do with this woman? What do you do with her? I don't know. She's got a great look. She's big. She's strong. She's Obviously, she's got a great pedigree. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is that she doesn't seem to be a very good worker. No. That's, that's her biggest issue. Is like she, <laughs> you can't put her out there with some, uh, anybody in wrestling. You cannot put them in the ring with someone if you think they're going to hurt them. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest problem with Nia. She's beautiful. She's talented. She's um, she like I said, she's got a great look. She's strong, but at the same time, you know, I can't put you out in the ring if mm-hmm. I think you're going to hurt the person I put you in the ring with. You know, and this and most. The most recent one here is Mandy Rose. You know, and then they were really really high on her, and now she's hurt. That's the problem, right? Uh, uh, I, I just don't know. I, I mean, we've kind of jokingly kind of poked fun at this Nia Jax situation. Oh, she's hurting people. We call her Nia Snacks. And, I mean, uh, that kind of stuff, you know, forget that. Just, I mean, you'd hit the nail on the head there, right? I mean, she's she's got everything but the kind of in-ring ability. And uh, just, uh, I don't know if it's time to go back to NXT or if it's just, you know, take an extended period of time off and just go learn how to wrestle again. Something has to change if you want to continue to invest in this person. I mean, the biggest thing about it is you have to know that the person that you're in the ring with is going to work safe with you. And exactly. she just, she's very reckless um, in a lot of ways. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that she's so strong and she's so much bigger than a lot of the other girls that when she throws a move, she doesn't realize that she's she could potentially be hurting them. And, yep. you know, that's not necessarily her fault, but at the same time, you just, as a promoter, you, you can't take that chance. You yep. just can't, you can't send some, I mean, you know, if that was my daughter out in the ring with her, I'd be scared. You know, she could break her neck or, or do, you know, there's just stuff that happens out in the ring that I, I don't think a lot of people realize when they, when they watch the matches, they go, Oh, that looks really good. That looks really stiff. Yep. Well, stiff is fine. Snug is fine, but injuring somebody is not fine. No, no. And, and I, th- I think part of the issue, too, is she's the only big girl there. Um, you know, the same thing with Nyla Rose in, uh, in AEW. I mean, there just aren't any other big girls there. Um, you know, at least on, you know, the WWE side of things, you know, they don't have, 
you know, like Mandy Rose suplexing Nia Jax and making it look like a cartoon, right? So, you know, at least they have that going for it. But uh, I mean, just, yep, I, I think, Ryan, I think it's just it's time for her to maybe just to, to step away from a little bit and just go fine tune that in ring workability and then just see, you know, you know, can, is there something really that we can work with here? I mean, otherwise, I think you either put her in a managerial kind of position or you do something else with her because in the ring, she's just dangerous. Yeah, at this point, you know, maybe she she would be better in like a China type role as yeah. a manager or something like that. But yeah. you know, right now, I mean, it's it's, and I gave her a pass many times. I thought, I thought times. well, it's gonna it's gonna work. She's gonna get it worked out. You know, she comes from a wrestling family. She'll figure it out. But at the end of the day, so far she hasn't she hasn't figured it out. That's the worst part about it. It's like. And, and there have been a lot of people hurt because of that reason. For sure. It's kind of like um, the, the Bella girl mm. where she can start hurting people. Yeah. Well, at some point, you, you, maybe you shouldn't be in the ring. Maybe you should do something else. For and her then, own good, too. There's nothing wrong with saying, that, hey, this person is a little reckless. And maybe they shouldn't be out there. That isn't, there's no, <laughs> there's nothing bad about that. No. Some people just aren't, they don't figure it out and that's the way it goes, you know? And, and I think, uh, you know, like I said, Brie Bella was one of those type of people. Yeah. I think Maya was one of those type of people where you just don't maybe know your own strength or you don't know how to hit somebody the right way. And you just don't, then maybe you're not supposed to be a wrestler. Maybe you're just not supposed to be a wrestler. Yeah. Or you just really go with that less is more approach. That's uh, your really your other option. Otherwise, you're just you can't just have somebody out there hurting everybody every single week. You just can't. No, I mean, there's a lot of can't. big, strong people that weren't made to be wrestlers. No, that's. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, it's not. There's no shame in it. No. It's just that you know, hey, you shouldn't probably shouldn't be throwing people around because you don't know how to do it. Absolutely. All right, let us move on to our match of the week segment. All right, Ryan. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I don't know why we echoed back there. That was strange. But anyways, um, since you're the guest on the episode this week here, Ryan, what was your favorite match from this past week in the world of professional wrestling? None. None? Didn't have one? Nope. I'm done. I'm done with pro wrestling matches. <laughs> and I'm telling you why. Okay. When I don't have a match of the week because I can't find a match, Joe, and I mean this, that just captivates my attention anymore. Okay. I cannot do it. I, I just I can't sit down and watch a match these days that That's goes, tough. Yep, I gotta I gotta see this. I gotta see the ending. And so I have no match of the week. None. Because they're all they all just seem to me to be so formulaic that I can't I can't take it anymore. I can share that sentiment, especially in North American wrestling, especially in the WWE and to a certain extent to AEW as well. It just it feels like every match is just uh, like it, it, tiny, it tends to get kind of repetitive. Uh, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, for, for myself, though, uh, I do have a pick, and it is coming from our friends over in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it is coming from. I knew it. 
I already knew it. It's, it's coming from November seventh. I need to start watching Japanese wrestling. Yep. The, yep. the North American stuff, I can't. I just can't stomach anymore. Exactly, man. That's why I watch a lot of New Japan now. And this is actually coming from the Power Struggle show from November seventh. So it's actually technically a little bit older than a week. But I just got around to watching over the last couple of days here, and we're talking about the, the match for they never open weight championship between Minoru Suzuki and Shingo Takagi. Um, Ryan, this is just two guys just in good old New Japan strong style fashion, just beating the piss out of each other. Uh, if you like a good physical confrontation confrontation between two guys, I mean, just this is tough to beat, man. I mean, th- these guys just put it all out there, and uh, they were both completely drained after this. Uh, Shingo uh, winning the, the title back. Uh, but, I mean, Suzuki, I mean, just in, 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 in usual Minoru Suzuki fashion, that guy just loves getting beat up. You know, he loves dishing it out, but he loves taking it too. It's it's really, uh, it's quite something to watch. No, I, I will admit, I'm again, I just said earlier, I'm going to start watching Japanese wrestling because North American wrestling has lost my interest. It's gotten, <laughs> it's gotten stale for me as well. Uh, like I said, you know, that's a big portion of, uh, of why, um, you know, listening to our friend Michael Jargo talking about uh, Japan wrestling for so long. And I mean, I, I had kind of watched little bits of it here and there, but I mean, listening to him talking, I'm like, okay, you know what? I finally need to kind of uh, delve into this. And not only with New Japan, but uh, Stardom, if you uh, like women's wrestling, they uh, are doing really well over there too. So you have a good, you have a good combo there um, to check out every week. So, and it, it's uh, it's it's not expensive to watch. I mean, their, their network is, uh, is very affordable, so it's uh, definitely worthwhile checking out. I mean, tons of content. You go watch a bunch of the old shows as well if you want, all the way back to the Enoki uh, uh, days and whatnot. So uh, tons of good stuff there. I mean, just absolutely great stuff coming out of New Japan these days, thankfully. And and the great thing about the strong style is it, it, it's so believable at, at the point when you see a guy just get the spit kicked out of his yeah. mouth. <laughs> you, you, you can't help it but pop for that. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. I mean, I know it, sometimes it's, they're a little too snug, but, you know, I mean, God, you, you can't. New Japan just has it all over a lot of the stuff that you see here in North America. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, before we do our showstopper segment here, uh, as I mentioned at the at the top of the show, um, I, I, this past week I did do. Uh, this is something a little non-professional. So I want to share this bit with everybody uh, as well. It, I thought it was uh, it was rather funny. Um, the the um, this tech uh, podcast I did with Stevie Richards. It looks like it'll become, it probably will be like a weekly thing, but uh, you know, there'll be more um, coming from uh, Stevie and I doing uh, the HTM stuff uh, when we feel that there's some cool stuff to talk about. And I played a little segment in uh, the podcast that um, that him and I did together. I'm going to share that with you guys uh, just as our little break here and we'll talk about it briefly and then we'll do our showstopper segment. Uh, wait, 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 stop. Hang on. Wait. Uh, one more thing. Hi. I'm a PC. Is there time for questions? Good, because I have one. Why? Why? Why make all these advancements? What's the point? Right? Oh, you're so quiet now. Look, I'm a machine. I'm proud of it. That's my fan. Longer battery life. Plug it in. Where are you going? Just plug it in. Fast. I'm fast. I'm still fast. Check it out. Still got it. PC. Still got it. I've always been there. I always will be. Fast. Okay. My battery's drained. I gotta go plug in. Good luck. Woo! Outlet! 
So yeah, they brought back the the, the PC guy versus Mac yeah. guy kind of deal. And I'm hoping that they'll do that on a regular basis. And uh, it was it was just it's cool. It's um you know the uh, they're afraid to to poke at fun at each other and uh, some uh, entertaining stuff there. That him and uh, I think it was Justin Long, uh, the actor. They did a lot of Mac guy versus PC guy commercials, and it looks like they're bringing that back and uh, some cool <laughs> stuff there. So we'll be seeing more of that and uh, looking forward to doing some more tech stuff with Mr. Stevie Richards. So stay tuned for more of that, folks. All right, so let us do our showstopper segment for this week. All right, so for our showstopper segment this week, I thought we would kind of come full circle talking about the unionization. And if there's a way to get around not doing the unionization in the long term, um, I'm going to start with you, Ryan. Do you think that this is possible that we can just kind of continue on uh, the way that we're going without a union. Yeah. Yeah, I do. The um, agents. Yeah. You, you need more people like Barry Bloom who have represented big time stars like Bill Goldberg and Kevin Ash. And if you have agents, then possibly, but <clears throat> otherwise I, I would say, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> I, I would say that the, the only way, that the again middle card people, uh, the smaller stars, so to speak, mm-hmm. can can ever be represented the correct way would be through a union. I mean, and you you know you just got in talking about someone like Stevie Richards a while ago. Stevie Richards is a guy that should never ever have to. He should have a way. He should have a retirement. He should have yeah. um, you know if if. If he gets sick, he should be able to never got a chance to be a big, 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 I mean, like Stone Cold Steve Austin type star. Hmm. Guys who are in the mid-card, girls who are in the mid-card, they deserve the same representation that anybody else deserves. And that's true. I mean, it's just, that's just how it is. I'm sorry. I mean, I can't, you know, I I hate when people call somebody a jobber. Well, if somebody was a jobber for 20 years, they put in their work. For 20 years and they deserve to have medical benefits they deserve to be represented by a union if they feel like they've been done wrong and you know i don't know if that's through agents or through a union or whatever but <laughs> whatever it is anybody that paid their dues in the wrestling business they deserve to be represented we had discussed that uh, just briefly on the term jobber. You know, we've discussed that on this program. I think we even did it as a showstopper segment at one point. What people need to understand with this situation, with that term, as I, I think it's been kind of vilified or it's been uh, made to be something really negative throughout the years. What people need to understand, you know, this is definitely peeling the curtain back a little bit here, but the, 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 the term jobber, that role, plays a critical as it's a critical role inside of professional wrestling, especially when it comes to putting over or to really kind of uh, showcase uh, like an up and coming talent or somebody of a really large stature. Really, really want to present them as this larger than life kind of person. You need to have somebody kind of essentially go out there and kind of get dominated or get destroyed or get squashed or whatever term you want to use. Um, that role is, is very, very critical. And it, you make just as sometimes you can be just as successful, make just as much money going out there. I mean, I, I talked to Bushwhacker Luke. He went out there. Uh, I forget what Royal Rumble it is. He literally walked in, did it this thing, got thrown out, walked back out, paid just as much as if he would have been there for two hours. 
right? So get in, get, get he told me get in, get in, get thrown out, get paid. I, I was going to ask you, how much money do you think Barry Horowitz made in his life? I, th- I think he probably did all right for himself. I'm I'm sure he did better than we did. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> he, he went out almost every night and lost. And, yeah, but you know what? That was his job. That's what he did. Yeah, and it's it's nothing to be ashamed of. And again, not everybody can get to that top level. You you can't have everybody kind of be a, a big super megastar. You just can't because then it devalues that whole thing. You need to have like a hierarchy. Or you need to have, you know, okay, we have our people up here, and then we have our mid, and then we have our lower. Just not everybody can be at the top. It just it, it can't work that way. Not in professional wrestling, not in regular sports, just in in workplaces. It just it, it, it can't be that way. You you can't have everybody at the top. It just it, you just can't. Well, and going <laughs> back to what you know, we talked about just when you brought up the showstopper segment, mm-hmm. but guys like Barry Horowitz, they deserve the same protection yeah. through a union that the top stars do. Yeah. If he needs neck surgery, he should be able to have neck surgery. I mean, and that, that's the thing that I, I, I think a lot of people, I don't know if they get selfish about it or they, I, I, I have no idea, but mm-hmm. a guy like that is just in, as important as you said, as the top guys are. So they should have the same yeah. benefits. Yep. Um, I think if we can't go the union route, I, I think what then would, would kind of need to happen, and again, this would be very difficult to try and to pull off, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is that I think you just have to get like representatives. Like you need to have some kind of convention or some kind of summit meeting or whatever. We have representatives from every aspect of the industry and all every company to just kind of sit down and be like, okay, guys. This is how, this is our kind of our basic framework of how we're going to kind of do things. So having an agreed upon kind of process uh, of way that you're going to handle talent or whether you're going to handle injuries, whether you're going, how you're going to handle uh, travel and this kind of stuff and just come with like a basic framework that everybody can kind of adhere to. Again, very difficult to pull off, but I think, you know, if we're going to have a sustainable business going forward for the years to come, I think we need to come to some kind of agreement that everybody follows. Yeah, I, I, Say that 100%. But unfortunately, what happens is you can't get anyone to agree no. on that one thing. <laughs> exactly, right? And, 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 that, and that's the issue. Um, but I mean, I, I guess the, the greater thing that I want to kind of get to is I just I, I want the, the professional wrestling business to survive going forward. Uh, right now, it's making it very, very difficult. You know, there, there will be some businesses that, that don't survive. But... I just want professional wrestling to to still be around there for the next generation because uh, right now, I mean, there's got to be some people just, just if we were to put ourselves in the shoes of people watching this stuff for the first time and seeing that this people that this is not how it was before, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's a it's it, it's it's strange days and people diving in right now have got to be learning, you know this is weird stuff, weird stuff. You know, we're we're wrestling in front of no people. Right, it just it's it, it's strange on so many different levels, especially for the new fan. Well, I, and I also think that it's it's weird because you know you go back to the old days. I can remember being in you know at shows where people were wrestling in front of fifty people mm-hmm. and they were happy about it. Well, now we're yep. wrestling in front of no people. <laughs> so what happened? What, what do you do? I mean, I, I'm I'm like you. It's it's a scary moment in pro wrestling. It's scary for. The small companies, especially, like what do they do now? Yeah, you know, and as I've always said, and you've said this yourself too. Wrestling is best experienced with 
fans in attendance, not only for the wrestlers, but for us, they're enjoying it as well. You know, being there with other like-minded people and cheering and booing together and doing all that kind of stuff. That, that, that's what's always kind of been about for me. And just with that aspect of that gone, it's, it's, uh, it's really hurting things. Um, but again, with, with this unionization here, Ryan, I think it's definitely a path that we need to go down. I think the Screen Actors Guild is, is the right channel going forward. And just with the WWE publicly calling people out or, or firing them over just even saying the, the word unionization or union, it's such a bad look. And, and now just even more than before, they just need to to keep it a little bit more low key or, or just, I don't know what, how exactly to go about it, but I mean, just they, they need to, to, to stop this thing of where it just, you know, somebody just steps slightly out of line and boom, you're done. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, it's, it just puts a bigger magnifying glass on them. You know, yeah. when they, they've proven that they have no respect for the fact that they, you know, they claim that their workers are, independent contractors, but you have people like Andrew Yang, who Mm. was a presidential candidate calling them out for that type of behavior. You know, at some point, you know, it's going to happen. You know, that there's going to be a pro wrestlers union, no matter how it happens, it's going to happen. And, you know, there's too many politicians. There's too many people on the outside of pro wrestling. Now people on the periphery who are not pro wrestling people, Mm -hmm. they're labor people, they're politicians. They're gonna they're gonna call WWE out at some point. And these kids that are now getting fired for just saying the word union, yeah. they're gonna form a union. That's just how it is. I mean, Vince and company can think whatever they want to think, but at some point they're gonna get taken down just like every other big company has been taken down. I could see a scenario playing out similar to like the steroid scandal where we're going to have to have some kind of trial or some kind of legal action uh, to I'm make this sure happen. Antitrust scandal, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to go down uh, that kind of path. Okay. Unfortunately, you know, I'd rather not see it kind of happen that way. But I mean, I think it's for us to um, come up with some real change. I think we might have to go with that route, unfortunately. And, and it would be a good thing mm-hmm. because honestly, I know that everybody says, you know, they all want to be fans of WWE. At the end of the day, they're kind of abusing these kids that work for them. Yeah. And so it's time to somebody to step in, whether it's a union or it's a politician or whoever, you know, they can't just do whatever they want to do to the people that work for them. Yeah. And that's just, again, unfortunately how it is. And it's become that way ever since they became a monopoly, <laughs> you know, this company feels like they can just hire these these young people and abuse them and you know throw them away when they want to and that's that's how it's been going for a long time now and, and to kind of wrap this up uh, before we end the, off the episode here, uh, I also want to see uh, this not just apply to the in ring talent. I want to see uh, this also for the the, the crew. Setting up, uh, setting up the ring, setting up production. Uh, I want to see them part of that as well, as well as as the writers uh, and then the producers that they need to be part of this too, because they get they work just mm-hmm. as hard and they get just as abused as much as the in ring uh, talent do. So I think that needs to encompass all of them. And then you know, finally, you know, I think we can be headed down the right path there. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't want to totally bash WWE. I mean, they they've done some really good things. Fantastic, yeah, for sure, very positive things. But but I'm still saying that. They don't always treat their talent very well. And maybe if these 
young people again that work for them and just decide, hey, we're going to unionize. Hey, good for them. They should. There's nothing wrong with that. They, there's nothing wrong with them standing up for themselves. No, absolutely. And again, you know, the company can do whatever they want. That's their right to do whatever they want. But, you know, it, it just, it, it's the, the Zelina Vega, Vega thing really kind of threw me off. Mm-hmm. That threw me off like a lot. Like, I can't believe you just, you fired this chick just like 20 minutes after she said yep. something about forming a union. That's, you know, at some point you have to say, okay, this has gotten to be stupid. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And uh, yeah, I felt the exact same way. And there's a lot of people that share that sentiment, uh, trust me. All right, man. Well, let us uh, wrap up uh, for this week here. Before we go, uh, let everybody know what it is that you're doing over there at uh, Sports Kita these days, right? I am covering pro wrestling and pro football at sportskita.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K. Bowman. You can follow me on Facebook at Ryan K. Bowman. Follow me on Facebook because it's a party. It's a really good party. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, they can find you over on the uh, the HTM uh, podcast, the Two Minute Drill. I've uh, really kind of grown to, to love that segment, by the way. And, and you can follow me here on Turnbuckle Talk every now and then. Yes, absolutely. All right. So uh, let us end off uh, for this week, and we'll see you guys on the next one. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. Yeah.